Welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peacock. Today's show is brought to you by Gymdesk, the easiest gym management software you'll ever use. Take payments, create marketing automations, track attendance, and much more. To try the software out free, go to gymdesk.com. No credit card or painful sales call required. Our hero today is Pete Piranio, owner of Empirepreneur, a company that helps fitness business owners scale their studios into multiple self-managing locations. Today, he reveals how business systems are the key to designing a business you don't have to slave over to keep running. Without further ado, Pete Piranio. All right. Well, welcome to the Gym Heroes podcast, Pete. Um, if you could introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background and, and how you found yourself talking about uh, the subjects we're going to be talking about today, like self-management, uh, building self-managing businesses. Yeah, for sure. Well, first, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I'm excited to talk about this and talk about the topics uh, that you guys share on your podcast. I think you guys are doing a great job with it. Yeah, in terms of my background, I mean, I started uh, personal training in 1998, I believe, as a personal trainer. First three years, you know, in the gym. I think like a lot of people start, but I always had kind of a vision for for starting my own studio um, at some point. And, and also just the fact for me, it was, you know, to be honest with you, I kind of was a little bit disappointed in the industry when I first first kind of came out. I just had this this really vision of a much more professional position as a personal trainer. And I, you know, um, I think some people you know, in the field to discount that their expertise, right. They don't, mm. they don't hold themselves to the same standard as a lawyer or doctor or whatever. And I, yeah. I, that wasn't me. And so the problem was, is that when I was in the setting and some people had this different idea of the profession, um, it was quite unsatisfactory to me in terms of that. <laughs> so I knew I couldn't change the industry. I was like, well, I'm going to change my current world. And so I started my first studio in 2001 um, you know, grew quickly and actually opened a second one a year later, uh, my second studio. Um, then it was just a few years after that, I opened my third studio, ended up opening five locations, um, had franchise partners in multiple states. Um, I've been involved in helping a, a franchise grow from, you know, 10, 20 locations to about 400 locations. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I've been in a lot of different aspects from, you know, the personal training side of things to really developing skills to be a multi-unit owner, which is a whole nother, you know, skill set to then be involved in franchising and supporting franchisees and helping a franchise, you know, with their operation. So a lot of different aspects that brought me here today. I sold my business in 2015. Um, you know, kind of took some time away to really just think about, okay, what's the next entrepreneurial journey? I mean, that's just kind of in my blood is entrepreneurship. And I'm a big believer in purpose. Uh, if you don't really, you know, that purpose is what lights my fire and kind of gets you through the ups and downs of entrepreneurship because it's always going to be there. Yeah. Especially if you're pushing the limits to grow. And so I kind of had to find, you know, what was that going to be? And it really kind of came back to, you know, if I was going to do this all over again, what would make it more attainable, easier for me to grow, faster for me to grow? Mm -hmm. And um, that's really kind of where I came up with the idea for Empirepreneur was, um, you know, hey, if I could provide a literally plug and play system for operating a fitness business from, you know, a to Z, basically, not just marketing, you know, <laughs> which is what mm -hmm. you kind of see out there. Um that because uh, that was really the key for me was was the idea of you know systems and systematizing your business was really what changed my world and so the problem is is it took me like four or five years to create the systems another you know eleven or so refining and evolving yeah. and it's not it's hard to do it's hard it's kind time consuming um, most people don't do it because of that and so for me it was. Um, man, you know, if I could kind of uh, crack that code for fitness businesses, like where they could, you know, plug in a system and, and still customize it where they need to or whatever. Um, like, cause even for me, if I could, I felt like if I could just, uh, if I would have just even had some templates or some best practices at that time, it would have been super <laughs> helpful instead of a blank sheet of paper. Just direction. 
Yes, a hundred percent. And so um, that's really what Empirepreneur is about is, uh, as we like to say, the franchise system without the franchise. I mean, it allows people to, you know, custom, you know, still customize what we provide them if they want to. A lot of our clients just flat out plug and play if they, you know, most of it because it just fits exactly what they need. So we're able to really accelerate people's growth, create the freedom that really, you know, we all seek as entrepreneurs, but we often get stuck in the trenches and stuck in the weeds and grinding it out. And we don't know how to get out. And so, uh, as we like to say, we help, help, uh, fitness entrepreneurs build high, highly profitable, high impact businesses that run without them. So that's kind of the goal is to have a business that can run without you. Yeah. That's an impressive background. Um, yeah, that stuff is exciting to me too. I like to think about the stuff from, from the top. And, um, uh, I know, I know for you've, you've definitely had to have read the e-myth. <laughs> oh yeah. I think, that I think, was, yeah. That was the influential book yeah. really that triggered yeah. it for me. It was yeah. like, whoa, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like that's, uh, and that's, that's exactly yeah, how I really got into systems. That was a uh, mentor met, recommended it to me because, um, you know, really for me, it was actually in that I actually grew pretty quickly, like, um, on the sales side and things like that. Um, so that wasn't an issue. My issue was in kind of my first couple of years, I had employee turnover, like crazy from a trainer standpoint. And Mm. I felt like every six months, maybe a year I'd lose a trainer. And so, um, and I would, you know, I want, I had a high standard for our service. So I'm just pouring into, you know, every trainer, right. Trying to share my knowledge as much as I could to help them grow and be more successful and better. That's just so fatiguing, right? When you're hiring and recruiting, training, and hiring, recruiting, training. And uh, that's yeah. what a mentor, mentor expensive recommended. Too. Yeah, expensive. So um, mentor recommended that book. And and that's what really like the whole be systems dependent, not people dependent. Like that changed my life, basically, <laughs> that, <laughs> that idea. And, and that's why we bring what we bring today. So, yeah, because that was one thing to have a book is one thing, but then to go to build it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's every, it's all like different levels of abstraction. E-Myth talks about like the, the broad view of building systems and then the systems is the broad view of the actual business. <laughs> it just moves up and down. <laughs> and it, it's practice putting your, getting your hands in, being in, in, involved in the business is what allows you to understand what needs to be um, what needs to be systematized and, and can be, you know, made into something that's more, I got, ab- I keep using the word abstract. I don't know a better word. Um, something that's, that is more, I guess, representative of, uh, on a higher level of what's going on in the actual technician aspect of it as the, yeah. uh, they say, well, the, there's different you know, levels of systems too. Like you said, I mean, often, you know, the very people are thinking the very tactical level, which hundred percent, you need that most mm-hmm. of your systems are frontline, right? Like, um, but there's systems as you climb that org chart too. I mean, I hear this debate a lot of times too. Oh, you don't need systems, SOPs, it's empowerment. And it's like, uh, it's not really one or the other to be <laughs> like, because <laughs> as even as you ch- climb that org chart, um, like in our program, we have a, what we call a strategic management process, which is kind of the, the main process for the owner that, I mean, it's like, it's the main driver to execute your vision and that's a system. And, you know, yeah. but yeah, as you move up the org chart, of course, now you're empowering people, you're delegating decisions, not tasks. And so I, I get what they're talking about, but then they want to just throw out the baby with the bathwater, which isn't very smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And uh, people are always trying to be like against the grain. It's, right. <laughs> it gets, it gets tiresome sometimes. It's yeah. like, this works, just do it. <laughs> See, and I was the opposite. What I did was kind of how I, you know, I was, I was the, as I like to say, the fitness expert That's one of our goals in our, our program is to take the the technical expert and help them be a business expert, right? Because that mm. is the challenge for all small business, but particularly in the fitness industry is, and again, personal trainer or martial arts or whatever, they're the technician. They know that expertise really well, but now to bridge that gap is, is the difficult part to get to be a business, you know, expert. And so yeah, for me, I recognize that fairly early, thankfully, but, but I looked outside the industry. So you know, my point being is like, I looked at a lot of the big companies and, um, you know, like, like you said, people want to be anti, but there's a lot of like, you know, especially for early entrepreneurs, like there's a lot of examples out there that you just need to go model, like, cause they've yeah. proven it. Like, don't you yeah. 
anti people look for the silver bullet i think is why it's the anti <laughs> yeah or they're trying to sell something <laughs> yeah, that's, that too. Exactly. so this this is a great segue actually so like i wanted to dive right into the whole idea of work on the business not in it so how do you gradually remove yourself from daily operations of a business because we today we're talking about developing a self-managing business. Um, so how do you do that? How do you, how do you systematically work yourself out of it? Yeah. So I think, you know, it's what, what I teach our clients and it, what it's, what helped me is, you know, first of all, ha- you know, having a vision of what your business is going to look like, you know, when done, right. You got to know what that's going to look like. I know a lot of times there's talk about vision, but I see people too often. It's just, they're trying to come up with a cute one liner about their vision. And so, you know, we, we work on what we call an enhanced vision statement, which is literally a two pager. We really help them flush it out and like really get super clear on what does that business look like? If you're going to say, well, my dream business looks like X tomorrow, right? So once we have that clarity, then we can start to kind of reverse engineer it, so to speak. And that's again, where systems come into play is, you know, we, we want to think like, like we're reverse engineering that, mm-hmm. that business. Um, but also we got to think about, well, what would that org chart look like, right? That org chart to run that business that now we know what it looks like, what it's going to be, you know, when it's done, we know what it's going to look like, what people I'm going to need, what's that organization, you know, look like, right? What's my team look like? Yeah. Then from there we say, okay, well, what boxes right now do you occupy? If you're going to look at that org chart? Well, well, most people, and I know it was for me, it was all of them, right? So, so if I had a paper org chart, if it had names in it, it would be you, 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 yeah. right? So, <laughs> but at least, you know, again, what that path looks like. And then you start to say, okay, I got, I got to start at the front lines and I got to create what we call role agreements, which is an agreement on what are all the systems that that person is, agrees to execute upon, right? And, um, you know, so in most of the, you know, most of the uh, businesses, right, it's a personal trainer, let's say, uh, you know, we need to be able to have that role fully systematized, then we can take a step out, right? So if we're training right now, then we can step out of that and we can move more into a management position, right? Now, the next step is now I need to, you know, systematize that maybe it's a team leader or maybe it's a manager position. What's that role agreement look like? Right, boom! Now I can step out of that. So you work your way up the org chart as you're, you know, systematizing the business, and that's for for most. You know, again, there's several ways to do it, but I would say probably most of your audience or most uh, personal training studios, gyms that we work with, um, you know, that maybe they're starting with themselves and a couple employees or one in four. That's that would be typically the process. So um, when you can visualize that. Mm-hmm. And you, and I like to think of it as just you know sometimes you know you've got multiple hats on you. For, that's what you got to recognize first too. I think a lot of owners just don't recognize that they're wearing a lot of hats. And so yeah, some, sometimes it's like, hey, I am the I'm wearing the personal trainer hat right now because my business needs me to wear that right now. But that's temporary, right? I'm gonna take that hat off when I can, when the time's right, right when we've grown to a certain point. And that's kind of we help our clients with making those decisions along the way too. But um, I would say, you know, in a broad view for a podcast, that's kind of how you would do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good approach. You've got to have something to aim for. You got to know where you're headed. And then that, then you start to engineer the systems based on where you want to, what you want the output to be. Um, well, in a big step in that, like, so creating that, like, what's that business going to look like, right? When it's completed, right? If you think of it that way. Again, what keeps so many people in the trenches is their their business is a part of them, right? It's like them, mm-hmm. right? Instead of they got to be able to separate it from them. Like you got to think of that as a abstract to use your word object, right? It's it's the product, the entire business. If I'm if I got yeah. a gym or a studio, it's everything in that box, and it doesn't entail me. So once I can carve myself out, then I can kind of start to build you know, my machine, like my, we like to say, you know, your franchise prototype, whether you want a franchise or not. And I think like, again, I said, cause I was in franchising and I, you know, you, you have systems, right? If you buy a franchise, mm-hmm. you're supposedly, or hopefully buying a, a complete system. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you need to be able to think that way if you truly are going to have a business that runs without you. Cause if it's, if, um, you can't mentally separate, 
from that. And you know, you're stuck on the idea that clients won't work with anybody but me. You'll you're you're never going to grow your business. You're always going to be stuck. Um, and I get it. I had to go through those transitions too. So I'm not criticizing. I understand the mental roadblocks along the way. Yeah. Because I I tell my clients all the time, like I'm, you know, what I'm sharing with you is because I beat my head against the wall every step of the way, right? So I got the yeah. bruises and the scars. <laughs> yeah, I think mo- most people have to kind of go through that phase of like beating their head against the wall. <laughs> and yeah. some people figure out how to do the systems, and then some people hire you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we create, and I think it's really important as we create the aha moments for our clients, right? Where sometimes where it's also in that light bulb blows off. It's like, Oh, you know, and just like that, like a part, you know, the business guy separate from me or whatever at the time they're stuck on, you know, when you've been through it, it's been, it's easy to identify those. And then you, you know, we coach them through so they can have that, that discovery themselves. And so much of it happens there. And then when it clicks, it's like, boom, okay, now I know what I need to do. Um, where that, you know, otherwise is a big obstacle for him. So uh, yeah. I tell people all the time, one of the biggest things that for me that I would say, like people ask, Hey, one of the biggest, uh, you know, mistakes or whatever else is like not seeking like mentorship and coaching and stuff early enough. Right. Yeah. Because I'm trying to figure it out all myself, which is slow. You make a lot of mis- costly mistakes and mm-hmm. you know all that kind of stuff. So, but, but people also got to be careful today too, because there's, you know, there's a lot of folks, like you said earlier, just selling stuff out there versus, you know, <laughs> yeah. re- re- real coaching, as I like to say. Yep. Yep. Coaching from a place of knowledge and experience <laughs> rather than what they read in, in uh, a couple books. Yeah. How does, um, so how does technology play into the process of beginning to remove yourself from daily operations and build a self-managing fitness business? It's huge. Um, I, you know, I always tell my, a lot of our clients all the time, I'm like, I'm jealous because like, you know, when we had the systems and everything, it was on paper, right? Like it was yeah. binders of stuff. And so now for our clients, I mean, all of ours is on a, on a platform, right? So it's a software mm-hmm. platform that's literally makes it plug and play. And so I think that's a big piece of it is being able to have um, processes, systems, procedures, you know, uh, built into technology, but then also, you know, automation is really taking off, right? So yeah. Um, being able to integrate with other platforms too. So like, you know, your guys's platform, for instance, if we can integrate with things like that, that's huge. Um, one of my biggest frustrations too in my old business, I was about to build my own thing was the lack of that. I felt like I had 10 software programs or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. And so, but I think a lot of that's changed now with integrations and, you know, Zapier and APIs. And so mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, the, the ability to not only systematize, but automation, I think is um, get information too, right? Your KPIs, get information uh, at your fingertips more easily. I have to crank out spreadsheets like I did in the early days. Um, I think that really um, streamlines and makes business operation uh, much simpler. Yeah, absolutely. Being able to know how your business is doing and if it's meeting the KPIs that you've set for it, even it, even if it's just at a glance, like, you know, not necessarily being knee deep in a, in a spreadsheet, but just being able to pull up a dashboard or pull up a, a really a re- easily readable report can be a, can be big, can be, um, really big for making sure that you stay on track and on target every day, every week, every month for your, for the, the growth and the health of your business. Yes. I mean, you know, one of our doctrines that we teach in our programs is the doctrine of objectivity, right? So mm-hmm. we want to help owners be objective about their business, not emotional, where we can sometimes make bad people decisions or just mm-hmm. bad decisions in general because you just let a little too much emotion get involved in it. And so, yeah. you know, yeah, having that dashboard, having KPIs allows you to see the numbers, be objective over it. Again, that's again where having that systemization, like that the machine or franchise prototype, like I talked about, is so critical because you know it's one thing to have numbers, but if you don't have systems underneath that, like you don't have, like I like to say, it's like two science experiments, right? Like <laughs> I gotta have one that's a consistent, you know, experiment, right? Before I can test, innovate, tweak to see if that had any impact. But if I don't have systems below it, and it's just kind of by happen chance and it's kind of more again people dependent like johnny does this good sally does that well you know whatever yeah you know you can definitely monitor your numbers but 
to be able to change them uh, is much more difficult. It's really a guessing game. So now you're throwing stuff on a wall and seeing if it sticks. So again, having a business, having an operating system, and then having that dashboard. Now I know where to go. Oh, my frequency is not good. Oh, here's my systems that are related to the frequency that our clients come in on a weekly basis. Oh, my attendance isn't good, right? Or my you know, sales aren't good. Okay, well, it's, how's our conversions? How's our average ticket sale? What systems are related to that? So now it becomes very objective and uh, you can again, kind of reverse engineer those numbers too. Oh, do we need to retrain people on those systems that just were, or because we're out of standard on it? Um, or is it broken that we might need to improve that system? Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise having numbers alone without that operating system, um, you know, like I said, then you're kind of, uh, it's, I mean, it, it's better than nothing by sure. Cause most people don't <laughs> personal, um, but to impact those numbers becomes more difficult. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are, what are some of the, you mentioned the fact that a lot of owners have trouble transitioning from being a technician inside the business to being more of a a manager or a systems engineer who works on the business, making the business, uh, a more, more productive and, and more consistent. What are, are there other, um, sort of mental blocks that, that keep owners from moving from the technician to the, the systems engineer? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, yeah, like we said, I mean, the first couple are, first of all, being able to kind of separate them from the business. I mean, the, the first step often is because they are working with clients, right? Like, Oh, well, if I, if I don't work with them, they'll leave. I can't afford to do that. Cause I'll financially lose that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you again, if you know, Often that's what we call head trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if and it's, I know I had to go through that transition and when I explained it, you know, to my clients at that time, and you got to do it at the right time too, when you're, you've, you're, you've made your team stronger. Right. So that's, that's the thing too, is you got to have the time to pour into your people, as we like to say, win the people game. Cause in, mm-hmm. in, in, you know, in our business, right. Our people are our product. Right in in any gym, right? You got service, any personal training studio, yoga, Pilates, whatever. Products your people. So if you don't um, really pour into your folks, then it's your people. It's going to be very difficult for you to remove out. And so if you start that, you know that my number one job is to make them better, so they can train all our clients. If I'm going to use that example, better. Um, then I can start to extract myself and it becomes easier too to then tell a client like you're growing to a certain stage, like, hey, you know, my job now is to make sure that all our clients get the service they deserve, right? Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, just, uh, you know, a handful, unfortunately, that I'm abdicating my job as the owner if I'm only taking care of a few versus everybody. And um, plus, I'm not taking care of my team if I can't spend the time with them. And I, I think, you know, most of the time we're working with successful people, right? If, especially during the personal training world, they get it. Uh, I know my clients did and they, they you know, saw that. And at one hand, they hate to see it. But the other hand, they're like, you know, I get it. And congratulations almost. Those are some of them were happy with our growth, right? So, mm-hmm. so that's not a very tactical because I know that's a big one. So I wanted to get real kind of nitty gritty on that. Cause I know that's like one of those head trash items for, uh, for a lot of people. Um, but I, beyond that, if you're kind of already past that stage, cause again, we're working with entrepreneurs at different levels. I think the next barrier for most is then delegating decisions, not just tasks. Mm, yeah. Right. So the dis- helping the decision making process. So um, we kind of help our, our uh, clients think through, if you think through your org chart, kind of along the lines to your kind of the front lines, if you will, is your, your implementers. They're thinking about how, how we do what we do. Next step is up is what are we going to do? So that's usually a manager's role, right? But now you got to start to, so you're delegating some decisions right there at that manager's role, right? And then mm-hmm. after that, you know, you're going to people at that, the next level up have to make the where decisions, where are we going? And then the top level you is the why, right? Why are we doing it? And often the entrepreneur too is of course, part of the where are we going as well. But um, there's different levels too of, of decision-making delegating, if you will. So it's, dele- you know, you're delegating dis- um, uh, decisions, not just tasks. Later on, now you're delegating even like where are we going? 
um, you know, I think those are super important. And so you got you to let go of different things at different levels. So letting go of tasks, like I said, um, you're letting go, then even letting go of decisions. And then, you know, even when you get further up, you're letting go of success, right? So like mm. when I had multiple locations, owners, the success of the location was no longer my success. It was their success, right? Yeah. Of those folks. So so you're kind of you're letting go of different things at every level, if that makes sense. And so tasks, decisions, and success. Like you got to be, you know, just happy that you know other people are succeeding and help them succeed. Absolutely. I could go on and on about this, but that, I'm trying to give you a, a yeah. bullet bullet point version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. <laughs> um, but so do you what, see that? Like it's a, it is a mental thing too as you're working your way through. Yes. It's important to have the systems, but. You have to consciously say like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to coach them, but I got to help them. They're going to now make those decisions. Right. And like I said, yeah. consciously giving up success. Like I said, consciously like, you know, great job, you know, Josh, man, Josh did this and you know, you're, you're praising their achievements and you're just the cheerleader now. Yeah. It's a natural progression because you, the first thing you do is you give up control over the tasks, but that is going to have a limit as to what you can do within a reasonable time frame. So you have to give up the decisions. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you give up the next step, which is that's success, right? That, that's the, yep. the after decision. So um, it's like working through a almost like a, a really good story where the point of view character, the world gets a little bit more complicated and a little bit more dangerous every time they have an epiphany about how things work in the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets a little bit wider and a little bit more. And then that's the next problem that, that the character has to, has to solve in order to be successful within the, the confines of the story. So you must have a problem with it because the, they, they can't give up the control, right? So yeah. Like yeah. The control aspect of it. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's kind of one of those subconscious things sometimes, but that again is where systems come to play because if you have systems, you know, you can trust like, Oh, that's how we, you know, make the macchiato at Starbucks. They have a way they make it right. There's like the yep. barista doesn't just decide every day how he's going to make a different macchiato yeah. or whatever. Right. So like I can trust that service is being delivered this way, but even as you get higher up, that's where like we have a strategic management process for our, our owners. Like that's how leadership you give them. Now, you, now you're giving them frameworks to make decisions. You're not just saying, Oh, make any willy nilly decision. You've created uh, frameworks for decision making, and so, so that's it. Like I was saying before, it's not you can't just em- empower people. Like to me, that's abdicating versus delegating too, right? It's mm-hmm. Like that people, that's where a lot of people get in trouble. They hire people and just okay, great, I'm I'm empowering you, <laughs> and they have a massive mess later on. And so, yeah, um, you know, you still have processes as you move up. Like, and one of them could be that. Like, what's our decision making process, right? So you know that that we're, we're doing it in the right way that fits our vision or our strategies, you know, as we go along. So, yeah, it's the most challenging part. In, you know, I think is that those mental shifts along the way and then getting your organization to do that most really get stuck right at that, that delegating tasks, but they're still making all the decisions. So they're the bottleneck, right? So everything's still mm-hmm. flowing to them and uh, they, they don't get beyond the decision-making piece of it. But you can break through that easily if you got the systems in place. Right now, you you can trust, and so therefore you give up control. Absolutely. So, um, are there any myths surrounding systematizing your business? Like, um, I, I kind of touched on them. I think with the mental blocks, but is there are there any any um, bad pieces of information, fake news floating around in the blogosphere, as it were, uh, about how to systemize your business into a self-managing organism? Yeah, I think some of the most common that we're working through as clients um, is, you know, number, uh, or I shouldn't even say clients, just people in general, when we talk about it is, but yeah, I mean, we did mention earlier, like, first of all, like, you know, systems, systematizing your business is hard. I can't even, it's overwhelming. I can't even possibly see how I could do that. Right. So like mm-hmm. that, that's just like, as a stop for most people, like, <laughs> right. And I think that is where, like we talked about earlier, technology, um, you know, kind of the old way of thinking about SOPs and big manuals and all that stuff is really outdated. So you can still systematize your business, with today's technology, 
Again, if you have best practices that you can work from, that accelerates it. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. um, that's a lot of what I did too early on. Like I said, modeling, I, you know, I modeled the, even the GEs of the world at that time. Their leadership development was really good and all that stuff. So that's kind of number one is don't let that idea of overwhelm, I mean, you know, t- stop you from doing that. Um, number two is, I think often is in personal training anyways. And I think in gym, gyms is that you can't personal, t- you know, personal or you can't systematize personal training, for instance, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't make a cookie cutter. And I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. well, f- that's incorrect. Uh, first of all, mm-hmm. we're not going to make a cookie cutter, but um, examples of systems that we have for clients, like, right, like how, do, how's that system or, how, you know, what we call results, you know, session, right? So how do we run an effective session, right? Like there's a framework around that. Now are we saying like, we're telling them every word to say no, but you know, if you look at the best trainers out there, they, they have a method that they're just, that's why the clients love them and why they get great, like, how do they conduct a session? And so, you know, we kind of discover that in early days when, you know, my trainers would watch what I was doing. They're smart enough to say like, Hey, we, you know, we know you've been successful. Like, how do you run a session? Right. But think about program design, like in personal training, right. That's very systematic. I mean, if you don't have mm-hmm. systems and structure and periodization, and all that, then you're, at, you're kind of a hack when it comes to that stuff. So, like, yeah. so you should have those, um, you know, so, so I think that's again, again, like, you know, there definitely should be, you know, systems there and, and the, where people I think get off, you know, get off track is, I mean, a systems actually allow you then to uh, engage with the client more, you know, allow you to um, personalize things more, um, you know, adjust on the fly more, right? Because when you have a method kind of underlying methods of how we do certain things, it actually frees up your ability to be creative. If that makes sense. So like, because if you're worried about everything and you're consumed by every little detail or whatever, Mm -hmm. it doesn't allow you to be, you know, creative and and to be able to adjust with the client on the fly. So I think that's just a big myth around, you know, you can't have systems for that. Um, I think the other thing too, is it actually increases the value of your business and being a coveted employer for personal trainers. Because if you have systems in place, now you're a school for trainers, right? Most people spend a lot of money for certifications and things like that. But now you can be a school for them. And and most people, especially early in their careers, they just, you know, I was just a sponge. I just want to learn as much as I could, be awesome at my craft. So if you as a business can provide systems on like, here's some of the best practices of some of the best trainers, right? That we know of that do these things in a certain way. I would have ate that up when I first started, right? <laughs> so it's, I think people put a negative connotation on it instead. Like they think of rules, regulations, and the police. It's yeah. like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what it's all about. So and it's going to make, make my business into McDonald's. No, it's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'd say the other one too is, and it kind of falls in line with this is, is that, you know, well, even if I could put systems in place, my employees, you know, won't follow them, right? Or they won't want them, right? Um, completely the opposite. Most people actually leave businesses because of the lack of uh, direction, the lack of clear expectations, mm-hmm. the lack of good standards, right? Yeah. Well, that's what systems provide. So a system you know, a system says, Hey, here's the result. Like ours have what we call a result statement on it. Here's the objective, the result we're trying to get out of the system. Oh, like, okay, that's clear. Here's how you do it. Here's the standards by which we do it. Right. All of that makes it very clear. That's, that's called good delegation, right? Most bad managers don't know how to delegate, don't delegate well. Right. Well, that's uh, to me, systems is really, is the perfect delegation. It really helps a manager perfectly delegate. So um, it, that's, a, again, a falsity. I mean, most, uh, I think, if, again, if you go into it thinking I'm giving rules, regulations, and policies, sure. But that's a leadership issue on your part. You're leading systems wrong. Right? Mm. <laughs> but, if it's, but if it's good delegation and this is, our, this is how we do it here, this is our secret sauce, right? People like your teams will love that. They're going to love clear expectations and standards. Because really, most people just want to win at work, right? You want to be successful. Right. You want your boss to say, Hey, man, you're awesome. Great job. Right. And your job as the, the owner, the boss or manager, depending on again, what level you are, is to help facilitate that. And so systems help facilitate that. Right. Help yep. them be, it's, you know, as we like, we, and we like to say, it's you're giving them the playbook to be successful. Um, that's how I used to, 
give it to our, when I was in my facilities, that's what we, you know, explained it to our trainers. This is your success playbook, right? And then, and then also we want you to contribute, by the way, in using your brains and knowledge and experience to help improve them, right? So that's again, where now you can be involved in innovation, right? So we want them engaged in the business. We don't want just them to be robots. We want them to also improve the system through their yeah. experiences as they go. Yeah, absolutely. So you've, you've mentioned that you, um, well, you've talked quite a bit about, uh, uh, having experience with multi-location ownership. What makes that so difficult and what causes most people who try to go from, okay, I have one successful location to failing at building a chain of locations or a franchise even? Yeah. I mean, we, I saw it all the time. People go literally from one to just two and like, right. So they had a yeah. super successful location. They go to second one and it, you know, it can destroy their entire business. And so yeah. um, it's what, what we talked about before really is they have to change how they think about their business. Again, they got to think of it as being apart from them, not a part of them. And then going back to what we talked about earlier too, it's delegating, um, you know, now they can't, uh, be just delegating tasks or they can't be doing tasks, a lot of tasks to themselves, or at least they got to limit what those things are. So for example, with me, when I went from one to two studios, um, you know, I was born and raised hard worker, right? you know? And so mm-hmm. like, I, gr- I, I was able to, you know, like I said, kind of just manhandle that. Right. Like, I mean, I remember splitting time between studios every day. I was doing consultations at both. Right. Like, wow. it was, it was crazy if I knew what I knew now. Right? Like, yeah. Um, but when I opened my third, it literally, you know, so again, thankfully I survived that most people didn't survive that. And I survived it through just nothing that I would recommend to anybody. <laughs> just mm-hmm. long days, hours working hard. Yeah. Right. And I did, I mean, I had good team members too that, uh, you know, we were really starting to build the foundation. But once I went to three, it was when the world changed because now I couldn't split myself, right? Three ways. So um, point being is that I really discovered, okay, well, now this is where uh, your focus is no longer about like just sales. It's no longer about just training clients, right? So most people get stuck training clients and sales. Like that's their focus, right? Yeah. Well, you go to multiple locations. It's it's really about building great teams. It's about it's about winning the people game, right? So it's you you have to have leaders at each of those locations, right? So yeah. um, you got to have leaders there that that you're leading to be great leaders, and those leaders have to be great people builders, right? And and build great teams, and so um, it's it goes kind of that shift in focus. Most people don't make that transition. Mm-hmm. They're still stuck in tasks. They're stuck in the weeds. All they all they did now is just double their work, right? If they open a second location, triple it. If they opened a third, all they did is double or triple their work. They added people thinking that that would be the solution, right? If I just add people, but yeah. often that just, you know, ends up, they might grow their revenues, but it actually masks, like they end up being less profitable than they were with one location. Um, and it's because they're not leading those folks. So they've brought in people, but they're not getting a return on that investment, right? It's a human resource mm-hmm. they're not because they're not leading it properly. So you got to be able to step up that ladder that we talked about before and um, you know, work your work your way out of it. Now, if you have a systematic process to do that, you know, again, easier said than done, but that's kind of what we help our clients do is there's a step by step. You know, you got to get the systems in place to be able to make that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to change what you're working on. Bottom line, if I was to sum it up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Critical. Um, what What are the biggest mistakes that business owners make as they try to build self-managing fitness businesses? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's... I, mean, I, did rep- I hate to repeat myself. I'd like to come up with something new, but I think it's abdication, right? Versus mm-hmm. dele- delegation. So... You know, they're thinking, hey, you know, everybody, every guru is telling me to work on the business, not in it. So, you know, I'm going to hire people and they're going to be responsible. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. be doing that stuff anymore. Right. But the problem is, is again, they hire that person, but they abdicate it. Right. Okay. Now Josh is on my team. Josh is our marketing person or, you know, whatever, or our manager of this location. And so Josh, you're, you know, he maybe had some gym management experience somewhere else. And so, well, he's got experience. All right, Josh be my gym manager, right? Like, oh, yeah. we got to have X amount in sales. <laughs> oh, yeah. Josh, 
Josh is like, great. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, and so, so just again, abdicating that thinking that, you know, hiring people is the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, where again, even at any level, you have to delegate. It's just what you're delegating. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just the abdication of that, those, those, those roles, I think is the biggest mistake people make as they're trying to grow. What I'm actually interested about hiring. What are you, what, what should business owners be looking for in hiring the different positions? Do they need a lot of, um, I mean, systems can kind of pick up some of that. Do they need a lot of experience? What sort of experience are they looking for? Because you want them to be able to understand and execute on the system, especially at a managerial level. Sometimes if you don't have any managerial experience, it's difficult to understand the systems that go along with, with managing. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's critical. Um, this, so this is most fitness businesses. I mean, if you look at the retention rates, they're mm-hmm. horrendous, right? They're really yeah. they're terrible. And uh, I made a decision a long time ago, like I said earlier, because I had that issue very early that that was going to be my competitive advantage. Actually, it was going to be like, you know, having better retention than kind of the industry average on a whole, right? And so, yeah. Um, so it, that actually starts with your hiring and it does start with what you're talking about, the profile of that person you're hiring. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, now that's different at different levels of the organization, but you know, we're probably a lot of your listeners. If it's, let's say again, a personal trainer frontline position, which is where most of the turnover comes from. Uh, we tell our clients to, you know, we're, we're looking for a, a new grad one year out. Right. Uh, and, and that's if, again, you have the systems, right? So this is what's key is we can be systems dependent, not people dependent. If we have the system, I want to hire somebody, you know, the degree gives me the base knowledge for that position, right? That I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want somebody that is, you know, coachable, right? That isn't kind of stuck in their ways of training for 10 years and don't want to do it a different way, right? Uh, that they're hungry. So again, they're going to be hungry for those systems to learn, new in the position, right? Plus often when we're new into, if we're talking about personal training or, um, you know, in new into the career, um, you know, you're talking about, for me, it was like three years in the gym, like I said, because the only thing I was focused on was improving my craft. So by the nature of having somebody less experienced, you know, you can have somebody in that position longer. If you have the systems, the systems can make up the gap, right? That you're sometimes looking for in experience. Um, and, you know, in today's day and age too, it, it actually, from a recruiting standpoint, um, you know, there's more of a pool to be able to recruit from, right? Now, as you move up the ladder, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely changes. And so that's a little bit different in terms of positions, um, you know, for, for, I always like for team leaders or branch location managers, um, ideally, you know, to promote from within if you can. Um, sometimes you can't, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I think you know, then, then it's first and foremost, you're looking for an alignment with your core values, your vision, your purpose. Um, you know, I just, I always, you know, we teach it in the program and I always did it. I start the first 10, 15 minutes of an interview talking about our vision, our strategic objectives, our, our values. And, you know, my first question is, is based on what you've, you know, heard, uh, from me so far, what excites you, if anything? Right. And if, if they're leaning forward in their chair and they're like this, and I love this and this great. Now I'm going to get to the regular questions, right? <laughs> the regular, right. Yeah. But if they're like, Oh, this sounds pretty, you know, there's no like light up. Like I don't see them light yeah. up. That interview will be done in another five minutes. So, so I would say, you know, the higher up you get, of course you're higher up the org chart. You're looking for specific experience and examples of success, you know, in other mm-hmm. businesses, and if they have examples of success in other businesses, you know, and again, you're obviously checking refer- references about that, but they've got performance. They've shown performance in other jobs when I'm moving up the org chart. The very next thing is really, are they alignment with, again, those vision, values, purpose, right? Because they can be a performer, but if they're not alignment with that, you've got a problem in terms of, you know, within your culture. So, so it becomes, it's important in any part of the organization, but even, even more, as you move up the org chart. Absolutely. Um, so I saw elsewhere that you've cautioned against, um, is 
pretty big gear shift, but it's related to growing the business. You've cautions against funnel mania for marketing. Um, I'm a, I've been in marketing for a while, so I've seen the growth of that. I've seen it pop out of out of the ether, as it were, from like a sort of niche direct response thing to like a very mainstream um, a mainstream marketing practice. You said even you even described it as actually killing business owners. What's the, what's the problems you're seeing there with people trying to put these funnels together for for um, member acquisition. I mean, first going back to what we talked about, it's the wrong work, right? So what I mean by that is, is as a gym owner, you're sitting there and every guru in your feeds talking, you know, they're talking about this funnel, that, or the secret silver bullet marketing thing, Yeah, you know? And so you're sitting there trying to learn how to build funnels, et cetera, et cetera. That's just, that's the wrong kind of work. If you're, if you're working on that piece of it as the mm-hmm. owner, like I so said, that's what's killing businesses because you're working on like the wrong work. Um, so as we like to say, you got to go beyond marketing. You know, that's, it's important. Don't get me wrong. Marketing is important. So it's, it's critical to business. You got to have acquisition, but it's 25% actually, right? In, in terms of um, if, if a lot of people that are, I see it all the time in our program, they're really marketing sales driven and, you know, they're the other part of it, the people and systems they often they'll come into our program and you know maybe they're at thirty thousand right but they you know of course want to be seven figures right and they're like more marketing more marketing and it's not they they didn't have a marketing problem they had a people and systems problem to break mm-hmm. through to the next level right because their time is limited if they're only focused on that they're so limited on it so that was actually a barrier to it and so I think from a basic level you know, being focused on the wrong kind of work is the biggest thing from a marketing strategy standpoint as well. I mean, I'm not like poo-poo on, you know, funnels as a whole, but especially in today's digital age with, you know, iOS changes now, right? So privacy changes, you know, you have have to take a much more um, kind of broad funnel of approach. Like not, I don't mean a specific like landing page to landing page. That's what I mean when I say funnel mania, mm-hmm. but you got to have a, a top of funnel tofu, right? Mofu, bofu, bottom of funnel approach with all of your marketing, right? Yeah. So you got to be able to take people through what we call the purchase decision chain and help them go from you know, unaware of your, of their problem or even your business to the problem down to, you know, the fact that they're, they're already like, these guys are the solution for me. Mm -hmm. They're, they're pre-sold ready to buy when they walk in your facility because your marketing took them on that journey, that purchase decision to the point where they're like, I'm just going in now to kind of verify my decision and what I've seen done. And, And that's how we help clients to sell higher ticket more easily because if your marketing strategically is set up to help facilitate the buy, the the uh, buying criteria, help to facilitate their decision making, don't mm-hmm. try to trip them or be super slick or all these you know, twenty one day this that whatever. People don't want gimmicks, right? They 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 want to make a change in the problem they have in their life, and so if you can help them move towards you that you oh, well, this is the solution that I want and make an informed decision, uh, you're not only going to sell a higher ticket, but it's going to be easier. So, so at my point with the, the, the funnel mania piece is like, Hey, most people are just simply focused on the, w- the wrong work. That's yeah. why like for us, we actually have an in-house, you know, agency that helps our clients do it. Cause we, we tell them like, you know, you should be delegating this. Right. So we get them yeah. to different levels. Yeah we get them to different revenue levels where they can just be like, okay, yeah, you guys do the marketing. Right. So we've, we've helped them develop the strategy. Right. So again, they've, but they're now delegating the task to like my team to just fulfill that side of things. Right. Get it done. Cause you shouldn't be focused on that as an owner. If you want to grow, yeah, uh, you know, you're stuck in the weeds, building out a funnel is the weeds, you know? And so you got to get beyond that. They can work well, but they're time consuming. So it's, yes. it's absolutely, and you have to learn how to use the tool. And I've seen, I have friends that have worked in the entrepreneurs and they'll spend, in, you know, an entire week piddling around in a, in a funnel making software and trying to figure out how everything works and then putting together an offer and then trying to test things out. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think again, because of the online kind of marketing world, right. I think sometimes in the fitness industry, we confuse Sometimes we're modeling people that are online marketers that are selling products, right? Or, mm-hmm. um, and we're, you know, there's some things you can model, but 
but there's other things sometimes that we're we're kind of modeling like oh build a funnel but you know they're selling a product and it's different than what you're doing to sell your service yeah um and so you know yeah if i'm a one man you know from a small team and i'm selling a course or supplements or something like that sure well i spend more time maybe in the into the really strategy and the details of the funnel or whatever sure but if you're like what we work with which is a client a lot of clients that have you know uh brick and mortar locations, but also online businesses. They're trying to scale verticals, whatever. They're really trying to scale their businesses up and they have to build great teams to do that. Uh, you know, you really shouldn't be trying to figure out like how to drop that script into a landing page or something like that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And some people might say, well, I got to do it at first or whatever else. Uh, not, not necessarily, actually. I think that's again a misnomer too, is that I have to, at first I have to, because I don't have the money well, I would say, well, first of all, then look at your pricing strategy. You know, let's look at how your economics are built because your economics are hindering you from outsourcing this to getting it out of your off your plate, right? So, so the lack of money um, thing that I have to do these things is actually false. I mean, um, and I get it where they're coming from, but again, somebody's got to kind of give them that aha moment to be like, oh no, yeah. if you tweak this. This is how you can do it. And so if you can change your pricing and your economics, then, you know, you can get that damn funnel building off your plate like tomorrow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure most would be like, <laughs> like please. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. And where, where can people, where can people find you? Yeah, they can find it. Empirepreneur.com is our website. I'm on Instagram, Pete Peranio um, on Instagram, LinkedIn, pretty active on LinkedIn as well. So you find me, Pete Peranio on LinkedIn. So those are probably the main areas, but we're kind of on all the the social channels as well. And uh, actually, we're we're launching a podcast coming up here in a couple of weeks, Empirepreneur. So so look for that. I think you can even... Yeah, I think you can even subscribe already. I think it's out there, but we have episodes episodes coming up... uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks starting to load up. So. Absolutely. I can tell that you uh, practice what you preach because you don't, someone else handled that for you and you don't even know if it's up or not. (laughs) (laughs) You are correct. You just, you just just know when it's going to (laughs) launch, which is what you should know. I just know when when I'm supposed to record episodes. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I, I thank you so much for coming on. This has been incredible information dense very valuable episode yeah well i appreciate you having me on so i hope um, your audience found it super helpful and um you know yeah we, we will love to help them out if they're uh, struggling with some of the things we talked about mm-hmm.